It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. A little after two years into his presidency, there are a few things that Joe Biden hasn't yet done, but he's now poised to issue his first veto. The Senate on Wednesday passed a resolution that would overturn a Biden administration rule allowing retirement fund managers to consider the impact of climate change and other environmental and social factors when choosing investments. Again, the rule allows but doesn't require those investments. Despite that, the legislation passed 50 to 46 with Democrats Joe Manchin and John Tester voting with the Republicans. Conservatives have criticized the rule as a, quote, woke policy, forcing a liberal agenda that will cost retirees money. Most Democrats say the Labor Department rule will help investors. The House passed the measure earlier this week, so it heads next to President Biden, setting the stage for what could be, should be, the first veto of his presidency. By the way, a two-thirds majority of Congress would be needed to override a veto. That's not happening. Win one for the people. Drug maker Eli Lilly on Wednesday announced it will cap the out-of-pocket cost of insulin at $35 a month. They're the first pharmaceutical company in the U.S. to announce a voluntary price cap. The Inflation Reduction Act limited monthly out-of-pocket insulin costs to $35 for Medicare Part D enrollees beginning this year. A bill to cap the price for all Americans couldn't get past the filibuster in the Senate. Putting this into perspective, there are 37.3 million people in the U.S. with diabetes. 7.4 million of them rely on insulin, which costs less than $10 a vial to produce, has skyrocketed in price in recent years. Eli Lilly's drug called Homolog increased 1,481% between 1999 and 2019. Senator Bernie Sanders taking a bit of a victory lap as he challenged the other insulin manufacturers to follow suit. As some of you may recall, in 2019, I took a busload of folks who were diabetics from Detroit, Michigan to an hour north into Windsor, Ontario in order to buy insulin. And what these diabetics found is they could buy the exact same insulin products in Canada for one-tenth of the price they were paying in the United States. And I will never forget tears welling up in the eyes of some of these people. As a result of the pressure that the American people are now putting on the pharmaceutical industry, telling them to stop the greed, stop ripping off the American people, Stop forcing families to see loved ones die because they can't afford prescription drugs. As a result of all of that, what we saw today is Eli Lilly substantially lowered the price they're going to be charging for insulin. And now we are demanding that the other two major insulin uh, manufacturers also lower their prices. But the good news now is that the American people are standing up, are fighting back, are saying they won't accept the greed. And as chairman, of the Health Education Labor Committee. Trust me, this is an issue we're gonna be working very, very hard on. So we got some good news today, and that is the price of insulin from Eli Lilly is going way down. That's a good start, we got a lot more to do. Keep in mind though, U.S. patients will still pay 2.4 times the amount as patients in other countries after this price decrease. Just saying. 
Well, if it's Thursday, residents of East Palestine, Ohio, get the opportunity to finally address the operator of the train that derailed while carrying toxic chemicals in their community last month. The EPA has ordered Norfolk Southern to meet with residents and finally answer their questions about long-term health effects. The company already backed out of one town hall with local officials citing threats to its employees. Oh, my. In addition to mounting frustrations among residents, workers' unions are saying some crews involved in the cleanup have also reported symptoms. But the EPA and local government officials have repeatedly said that their tests show the air quality in the area is safe and the chemicals should dissipate. Right. Oh, by the way, Norfolk Southern was also ordered to fully clean up the site. I'm not holding my breath, but I guess if you're in East Palestine, you have to. So the parts of the country that have been spared from the recent severe storms that have slammed the West and Midwest and parts of the North, it's our turn. The South and Southern Plains are bracing for a severe thunderstorm outbreak today, Thursday, that could possibly bring baseball-sized hail and tornadoes with winds of at least 111 miles per hour. Strong safety warnings, strong safety warnings have been issued for the severe threat area, which encompasses 45 million people from Texas to Alabama. Stay safe out there. Well, Sirhan Sirhan's not going anywhere soon. A California panel on Wednesday denied parole to the man who assassinated then-presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy back in 1968. The 78-year-old Sirhan is a Christian Palestinian from Jordan. He acknowledges that he was angry at Kennedy for his support of Israel, but says he doesn't remember shooting him. He does say he was drinking that night when the New York senator claimed victory in California's Democratic primary. California Governor Gavin Newsom last year rejected a determination by a different parole board that said Sirhan should be eligible for release. Newsom said he still posed a threat and hadn't taken responsibility for the assassination. A federal administrative law judge on Wednesday ruled that Starbucks committed egregious and widespread labor law violations when it tried to stop union organizing campaigns at its stores. The judge ordered the company to reopen closed stores and provide back pay and damages to employees who started the nationwide effort to unionize Starbucks. The judge writing that the company showed, quote, a general disregard for the employee's fundamental rights, retaliating against those affiliated with Starbucks Workers United. This case covered complaints of unfair labor practices at 21 Buffalo, New York area stores. Since the union drive began, 268 of Starbucks' 9,000 company-owned U.S. stores have unionized. Starbucks called the ruling inappropriate, saying the workers were fired for violating company policies, not in retaliation for union affiliation. And finally, the Guardian newspaper is reporting today that some 200 human rights organizations have written a letter calling on the United Nations to intervene over the destruction of abortion rights in the U.S. Some of the signatories include Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, the Global Justice Center, and Pregnancy Justice. The authors detail how, since the overturning of the federal constitutional right to abortion in June of last year, some 22 million women and girls of reproductive age live in states where abortion access is now either banned or inaccessible. The letter states that abortion restrictions deny women's decisional and bodily autonomy in a way that rejects the agency, dignity, and equality of people who can become pregnant. 
And finally, President Joe Biden addressed House Democrats Wednesday night at their annual retreat. But quite a few House Democrats stayed in D.C. and skipped Biden's speech. Why? They went to the Gershwin Awards, Joni Mitchell concert at DAR Concert Hall. Can you blame them? Eh, they'll get a chance to hear Biden today when he speaks at the Senate Democratic Caucus lunch in the Capitol. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.